0: So, um, I want to talk about uh, dreaming bigger. And uh, you might be wondering why am I talking about this, right? Um, I'm not a celebrity, (laughs) you know. I probably, you know, I haven't invented a cure or anything like that, you know. Um, But growing up, we all had dreams. And at some point, we had bigger dreams. Uh, Some of us wanted to be an astronaut, right? I remember that. I was like, I'm going to walk on the moon. Um, Some of us were like, I'm going to go to Mars. Um, Some of us want to be the president, right, of some country or United States. Uh, We wanted to change our nation, change the world. Um, So I want to be a doctor. That was one thing I wanted to do, be a doctor and find a cure for cancer or save lives. It wasn't about the money when we were growing up, right? It wasn't. It had nothing to do with the money. Um, it was all about making a difference. It was about making a positive impact. It was about purpose. Um, and somehow, for some, for some reason, at some point in our lives, we stopped dreaming bigger. And we settled for dreaming safer. Um, so when did we stop? You know, I used to always ask that question myself, when did, when did we stop? Um, I heard about this creativity test uh, that was done And they did, they had two different rooms, and they had four children of the age of 3 to 7 years old. And they were given a drawing of a tree. um, And they were given, obviously, a box of crayons. And when they were done, some of these trees were pink, some were yellow, red, rainbow. I mean, this amazing creativity in the color of 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 this tree. Then they had a second test done uh, for, in the other room, they had uh, a children with the ages of 8 to 11 years old. And uh, they do the same thing, they uh, do a tree, giving the same colors. And they all colored it green and brown. Why did that happen? How did that change? Um, why, after a certain age, we start conforming to the pattern of this world? Um, either we were, too, we were told we couldn't do it, it's impossible for you, you know, to go to the moon. President, really? Maybe lower your expectations just a little bit. Um, I want to be a celebrity. Well, maybe a nice office job with good medical benefits, right? I don't know if you guys heard this before in your past. You guys can kind of fill in the blanks and what you heard growing up. At some point, we started to believe that. Instead of dreaming bigger, we started to dream safer. I had big dreams. I wanted to be a doctor. I played the violin, a lot of guys not know this, but I played the violin for years. I used to play uh, an advanced orchestra, string orchestra, I played first chair. Um, I got accepted, I actually did a solo, and got accepted to Hamilton before an art school. Woo! And I also played wow. the trumpet. Oh, you're I right? went to Hamilton. Oh, nice. So I got accepted, but due to bad decisions, I, uh, that I made in my life, I lost everything. My dreams were shattered. I allowed my circumstances, my influences, shape and lead my decisions. Um, before that happened, um, you know, going to Hamilton, grew up in Eagle Rock, County Park area. Uh, Hamilton, it wasn't that close to me. So, you know, I told my parents, I told my dad, you know what, I'd rather go to Franklin High School, it's more convenient for you guys, it's closer. The truth is I was afraid. I was afraid of a college-looking kind of school coming from junior high. Um, so my parents, with no questions asked, they said, that'll be great. It'll be convenient. It'll be easier you know, you take the bus and you can actually you know, walk there. Um, and there was, you know, and that's, that's where I went. But one of the things that happened through that process is I was putting my hope in my education. I was putting my hope in my music. I was putting my hope in my grades and putting my hope in my career it only brought me anxiety, it brought me fear, it brought me loneliness. Um, at that time I was semi-depressed but I also and also had lost a lot of hope so I turned into alcohol, drugs, and a lot of partying. Eight years later um, I had some pretty good you know I had some pretty good success. Um, I was a general manager of a health club for a number of years. I became a personal trainer. Um, You know, I I was doing pretty well for myself, I mean, if I talk about numbers, I was making at least, you know, $80,000 a year at the age of 24, 25 years old. Um, I switched careers in 2005, Um, I pursued real estate, and uh, seeking more success, more money, more status, Uh, that's where I met my wife, Allison. Um, In 2007, the market crashed, we were in a recession. I was working from home, I went from earning $200,000 a year to see no paycheck for over seven months. Um, My stubbornness, uh, my pride, uh, I did not want to let go of something that I thought was going to make me happy. During that time, I also started studying the Bible and got baptized in June of 2007. After baptism, I thought I was going to be rolling. You know, get my money back, you know, get a nice house. Uh, But things didn't go that way. Uh, With midweeks, D groups, studies, service, Sunday service getting in the way, uh, I started getting bitter, you know. Um, I mean, I was just planning to come on Sundays and just come to church for a few good for a little while. Um, I started to put my hope in money again. I started to put my hope in success. And I also started to put, my hope in my career again. I started to feel very afraid, very lonely, and also very anxious as a disciple. Questions I used to ask myself is why am I alive? Why am I? What is my significance? What is my purpose? I was tired of being tired. I heard this quote that says, "If you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you're living in the future." If you're at peace, you're living in the present. And it's so true. I mean, you know, I was living in the past. I was repeating a lot of my old past patterns. When I was in my high school years, when I was in my you know, mid-20s, and now when I was in my 30s, um, I was predicting my future, right? I, I mean, obviously it's scary to predict a future. It's scary to be like, what is it going to look like? five years from now. What does it look like when I finish school? What does it look like when? Am I gonna get a job when I finish school? Am I gonna get a career? Am I gonna get you know married? Am I gonna have kids? I mean, there's so many things that we start predicting and um, it's it definitely gets scary. Um, during that time, like I said, I was a disciple. I heard and felt something inside of me say, what do you have to lose? It started with making a commitment. One day I was crying. And finally, decided to open my Bible. Um, I found the scripture in the Bible on Matthew six thirty-three, and it says, uh, "But seek first his kingdom and righteousness first, and all things will be given to you as well." After job hopping, I decided to apply the scripture. I went to my interview. I told the owner that I was a Christian, and that I am also very involved with my church I told him I was, I was a hard worker but I couldn't work after 6 p.m. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays and Sundays um, It was a pretty bold move, I was afraid, I was really really scared um, His response the owner of the company was I am a Christian too As long as you produce you can have your own schedule and I was like, man, this guy to works.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: my job was minimum wage plus commission. Remember, I went from going from making a lot of money to I just wanted a job <laughs> to pay my bills to care my family. So it was minimum, minimum wage plus commission. Um, job started to take me, uh, actually up before that it's uh, two, when I started this job, two weeks after that, I earned five times the minimum wage. Never imagined that God was going to do something so amazing if I put him first. God started taking me me on this ride, on this journey. He started teaching me, mentoring me, loving me, protecting me, inspiring me, giving me a new hope that I didn't know existed. I heard this analogy, basketball analogy, that says an average basketball player follows the ball, superstars focus on where the ball is gonna be. I started to focus on God's promises, even though it's very difficult and hard as you guys, you guys know. But I started focusing on the promise. Um, there's this other quote that I, that I heard, that says, don't think about where you are today, but where you will be tomorrow. And I know that's very difficult for us because sometimes we can look at our present circumstances and we don't know if it's gonna change. Right? We don't know where we're going to be tomorrow. We don't know if this, our dreams are going to come true. And maybe tonight, <clears throat> what God wants to tell you is that you were not born by accident. You were not born by accident. I heard a speaker say when you were born and that your bottom smacked and cried out was when you made your mark in this world. And I believe that. We were made and created to do the impossible, we were not born to be average, and I know the world says we, most likely are. We were made to do something great in our lives, and I believe that. If you go to Genesis 1:1, it says God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. And Genesis 1:27, it says we were born created in His own image. His own image, what does that mean? It means we are a reflection of God's glory, right? We are a reflection of His glory. And if we are a reflection of God, we were also born to be creative. We were born to dream bigger. We were created to dream the impossible. If you go to Ephesians uh, 3.20, I'm turn it off for this one. And this is in the uh, TLB translation, it says, Now, glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Yeah, I'm going to stay there for just a second. <coughs> <clears throat> we were created to do amazing things. I know it's kinda of hard to believe that sometimes and a lot of times, but it's true. We were all created in a unique way. We were all have our special gifts. We all have our skills. We all in every single way. When I, mean, I see all of you, I see amazing people walking, you know. I mean I'm blessed and I'm lucky to have there with every one of you in my life. because they lost where <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, Three weeks ago I was invited by the owners of my company I'm actually in a home improvement company I don't know anything about construction and I've been there two years okay so she's laughing because she makes this joke about me it's like I mean you're Mexican look at I me mean, you don't know how to look you know and it's true because I mean I, I always work in the office job always work in AC right I always I managed for a long time so I never I wasn't a handy person you know um, But it's true, and and I laugh at it, I don't don't get, you know. But I'm learning, I'm learning. (laughs) Um, But I was hired, I've been in sales for now 19 years. So if you look at the workforce, I mean, that's like having a, I don't know, name a degree, you know what I mean, Um, uh, with the experience that you have. Um, But I got hired in this uh, improvement company. I I do know what a nail and a hammer is. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: and about three weeks ago I was invited uh, by the actual owners of the company to go to Vegas with them and um, I haven't been to Vegas for a very very long time you know, um, never really partied at Vegas personally, um, my, my view was why go there if I can do it here you know, do it anywhere um, but I went to this three day conference, it was an entrepreneur conference and there was uh, about 20 speakers or so. And they were all talking about their failures and how they became successful. Remind you, these are multi-millionaire speaking. Um, they were sharing about, how a speaker sharing about, uh, you know, talking about sharing your pain, being relatable. Uh, another speaker was talking about aligning your mindset with your soul. Another speaker was talking about surrounding yourself with allies. There was actually one, one speaker that was a pastor. I mean, I thought he was a pastor. I mean, he was like be an evangelist. Preach, the, preach what you believe. Preach the good word. And I'm like, man, this is this guy, you know. I mean, he's like, you know, huge, big guy just walking across the stage. Another speaker was talking about being consistent with your gratitude process. And um, those people talk about replace your thoughts, catch your negative thoughts, and reprogram yourself. One of the things that we were talking about with the owners of my company, uh, one of my bosses, will said, you know, my takeaway he was like he was so proud of this too, and this guy is very wealthy, by the way. Um, he's like, there's one takeaway. I'm like, well, what is that? Capture your thoughts, is <laughs> what he said. And I'm like, I've been learning that and teaching that like for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, he was like a light, it was a light in him that he was able to learn something. And people paid thousands and thousands and some people millions of dollars to go to these seminars and these conferences looking for answers for success. They're dreaming bigger regardless if it's good or bad, but they're dreaming all right. And all the speakers were talking about this, and I got home and I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, man, I'm excited. I'm like, there's a switch that turned on inside of me. And, and like, you know what they were talking about? They were talking about the Bible. You know? And I started to share everything to her, and uh, you know, I mean, obviously this subject about dreaming bigger has been in my heart for a long time. Um, you know, I, I've seen how much I've, In time, I've grown and I succeed in many ways in different areas of my life. With my friendships, with my personal care, with my sobriety, with my uh, father wounds, with my being a husband, uh, with being a a dad. It's messed up as I am. They're alive, you know, know, right? I think they almost made it too, back there. (laughs) Thank you for helping me with the PowerPoint, awesome, by the way. so these entrepreneurs are paying thousands of dollars to learn what we're, what we're learning here right now. <laughs> and, um, and we don't have to pay for it. right? I mean, actually, believe it or not, I was my wife, is we stayed at one of the hotels, we got picked up from a limo, went to a restaurant, I mean, spent a $2,000 meal almost for four of us. You know? And um, I remember God just telling me, it's like, remember who got you here. Eventually one day we'll be there. And doesn't mean, I'm not talking about money, really. But, you know, God was telling me, it's like, remember who got you here. You know, you might have this circle of people, but I'm your circle. Never forget where your circle is, who's your circle. A lot of us try to, branch out of that circle. A lot of us, um, I, I truly believe that God has a plan for all of us. But sometimes, we try to find another way. And we don't get the blessing at the time that, we, that, we, that it was planned for us. <clears throat> One of the things that, um, you know, what's so amazing, and I lost my place again, just going back to the top, but I'll find it. (laughs) So like I was saying, entrepreneurs are paying thousands of dollars, right, millions of dollars a year to learn about what God is teaching us today. Definition of fear says a feeling of anxiety of fear says a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone three weeks ago i was asked to take additional responsibility for my company and you know my my order always been who got first my wife second my family and my career last. that's been my order um, ever since um, the last seven years and God has definitely blessed it for sure um... but also about a year ago when I started this company I, I was in sales and I was doing really well for one year I mean I was doing really well for one year and but I was also away from my family I was I was not home that much so I made a change I go if I can just make six will be, we'll be ok made a change to per, per, Uh, project manager and sure enough God blew that out of the water and I you know I'm gonna make more money than that the point is not really the money but one of the things that I wanted to mention to all of you and some of the things that um, that relate um, at this conference that I was at that they were talking about was that Success doesn't come from chasing the money. Success comes from helping other people. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that they all shared that was the same. Mm -hmm. Success was helping other people. Three weeks ago, I mentioned going to Vegas. I actually... um, A part of me, I was afraid, really, if I want to be really honest. Um, You know, I've been asked to be a manager for for some time now and and as a project manager, but it's not an excuse. I have my family, they come first. Um, But a part of me, too, was afraid of doing it. And I had a conversation with with the owners of the company, and, you know, I let them know that, you know what, if I take this position, you know that God comes first, you know that my wife comes second, my family comes third, and and then my career. So I just got promoted three weeks ago and uh, I'm actually in charge of a $45 million company, a year company. And my point about that, not that I'm making all that money, okay? (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But the point of that is that, and hopefully the takeaway on this too is that my promotion and everything stems from applying Godly principles. A lot of the guys that know me in my life, my the groups know me very well, I always talk about applying Godly principles. Mm-hmm. And maybe the reason why we're talking about this, you're like, well, why should I do bigger? Is that there's so much more that you can do with God than without.
1: Yeah.
0: There's so much fulfillment that you can have with God than without. There's so so much more promises that you can have with than without God. So I want to ask you guys to dream bigger. You were created to do the impossible. You were not born to be average you were made to do something great in your life let Jesus help you to accomplish the impossible put your hope in Jesus and get ready to go on the ride of your life
1: alright so uh... let's give it up for while one more time alright well, well first I want to hear some of your thoughts uh, just as we're talking about being, dreaming bigger for God and uh, just all the stuff that he shared, what are some thoughts that come, come into your mind?
0: You know what? One of the things that got me my promotion was they were talking about how I was a great communicator, um, being quick to listen, right? So to speak, so to be angry. Um, another one was resolving conflicts. Usually, management, you get, when you're a manager, um, you get paid for resolving conflict. <laughs> Everything that we talk about, right, it's like the, the very thing we don't like to do is dealing is, with is, 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 is conflict. So that's number two. Um, I mean, there's so many other principles that, um, that I would apply, but even when, uh, even with my staff, even now they're, um, you know, I care about them. I mean, I, 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 I've been there with them for the last, um, Working together actually with the core of the guys that I'm with for the last six months. But for the first time they were asked about their family. I was asking them personally, like your family, what are your what are your dreams? Uh, what do you want to do? What are your hobbies? And I, I got a chance to just meet every one of them. And uh, and uh, I'm going after their heart really at the same time, but also kind of higher at the same time. So that's what I mean by Godly Principles. Um, there's so much more I can share, and we can always share afterwards, but, yeah, that's some of the principles i have, been up <coughs> to, to that, you know, that has made
1: a, a huge impact. Yeah. Um, I think to add to that, too, like, uh, I imagine whatever Jesus did, he just, like, excelled at it, <laughs> and, uh, and, like, there was something about him that was just, like, contagious. Yeah. Like, people wanted to follow him, follow him, you know, he was a carpenter, I mean, so... So I think even when we follow Jesus and his principles, there's something about us um, that just, it, it, it engages people. And it makes people go, huh, what is, what is that? This person decided to have integrity and tell the truth, even though it was going to hurt them. You know? Or like, wait, I just yelled at this person and they responded by trying to love me and understand my point of view. Like, like this stuff isn't normal stuff, <laughs> uh, but it is the very things that, that, um, that, that we do when we're trying to follow Jesus Christ, um, and it's just amazing stuff. Uh, real quick question, raise your hand if with work stuff you ever felt like there was a conflict of schedule with, like, your spiritual life and stuff? All right, <laughs> there you go. Yes. Uh, so sometimes you're like, okay, what do I do with this? Like, do I just go to work? Do I not? Like, how do I navigate that? And um, I, I do have to say, just even to, to Juan's point, uh, when you do take a stand, and you stand for what you believe in, that's admirable, and people respect that. Um, I also had a job, uh, I was working as an executive at Target, a team of over 265 people Uh, but one of the things I told them and for this position one of the um, the prerequisites is you have to work on the weekends and like there's nobody in the entire company that can't work on weekends and so I just told them when I interviewed like hey I'm willing to work on the weekend after this time and so even if I get the worst shift I'm okay with the word shift as long as I can go, um, go to church um, because this is actually going to help me to be a better worker for you. And just like I'm 100% committed to my God, I'm going to be 100% committed to you. Um, and that's even a godly principle. It's, it, there's even a scripture in the Bible that talks about looking at your bosses like they're Jesus, which is crazy. It blows your mind. I told my boss that one time, like, I have to follow you like you're Jesus. And she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, she didn't really understand it, but the, the level of commitment that we have is just, is just different. And I'm not saying that we're better than other people. That's not the point. If you hear that, that is not what, what's being communicated. Um, what I'm trying to communicate is that, that God has given us something special. Um, And that really is going to change the world. That's going to help people. It's going to help yourself. And all these principles aren't here just to say, hey, this is what I want you to do, you know, to fit in this box of being a good Christian. These are just truths that God has. And whoever applies those truths, uh, it doesn't matter, but it's truth from God. And uh, we just happen to have it as we follow Jesus. Um, yeah, one of the, real quick, one of the things
0: that, um, in the beginning when I was a disciple, you know, I mean, went from making no money for seven months, um, I, was, I, took some, I was advised to, you know, kind of, hey, midweek, you know, miss this stuff. and I took these jobs and I suffered for them. Yeah. You know, I thought it was going to be better for me, but I actually was more, even more isolated. I was even even more afraid than ever, um, and that is where the point where I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being afraid. Mm-hmm. And what do I got to lose? Just try God's way. Mm-hmm. What do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. And that's what that scripture of Matthew six three. It's I mean everybody knows like you know me very well. That's like that's I have a conviction with that. Like put God first. You know, mm-hmm. um, I won't ever shame you on the fact that you're not here. But I for me I know what it did for me. Um, that's why
1: I believe in it. So, Sweet. all right. What are, what other questions do you have right here? Um.
0: Thanks, like everyone else said, for um, getting up there. And, sorry, uh, sharing with us. Um, my question is, um, in a nutshell, what would you say is like a good uh, practical next step for someone who has like a dream in mind, doesn't really know uh, how to get there at this stage. Okay um the first thing i would i would do is make make a commitment um i would write it down um and then i would definitely uh, ask god to be part of that commitment and be part of that dream a lot of times it's in reverse we we make a commitment
1: right we write it down but we leave god behind yeah i yeah. touched touch on that too sometimes we can add god to it it's like i want to be a basketball player and talk to people about Jesus. You know, <laughs> you just like add it to it. But, um. I'll give you one thing I want to share real quick.
0: Even like this ministry, right? The y ministry. Is a lot of us, were like, well, Mike, I mean, there's no, it's not structured enough. What's, what's the next step? What's going on? Like, what, what, what? But when you think about it, if we wouldn't have had pulled the trigger and trust in God that he was going to work this out, we would have never had these studies going on. There wouldn't have been, uh, you know, Yannick was here, uh, Sister Melissa, all these other studies. They wouldn't, people wouldn't be here. You know, if we would have waited first and kind of trying to figure out how to structure things, and sometimes you just got to trust in God and go for it, and then allow Him to do the rest of that process. So, um, this
1: ministry is a good example of that, actually. Something else that's helpful as well, too, is uh, sometimes you could think like. Oh God has in mind this one thing that I'm supposed to do you know and like I gotta figure out whatever that one thing is and you know you're trying to rack your brain of what it is and you try stuff and you're like this doesn't work or and then you get frustrated like God like I thought this was my one thing I was supposed to do you know and um, I just want to encourage you if you're in that situation or you're trying to figure out like what do I do with my life um, honestly what I found that is helpful is you choose one thing and then you go after it and you're okay if it changes. Because uh, that's just kind of like how life works. You'll pursue something with all of your heart and then some other opportunity may come up. And then you go, okay. It seems like this is the right opportunity and so you, you follow that. And so, um, so don't happened? don't wait just for like a this is the one thing that I'm supposed to do. Sure, there may be a one thing that you're supposed to do, but uh, God is much bigger than that. Yeah, you know? sometimes that thing will lead you to the thing. Yeah. 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 You want to take jobs not for the money, but for the experience that you gain uh, to help you in whatever you ultimately want to do.
0: So. Um, when I made the decision to put God first in everything, in everything for the most part everything. Um, one thing that started to change was God started working on my chemical recovery. After chemical recovery, I started working on my father wounds, doing therapy, working on my core belief systems. So God started following me through this entire process through all these years, and put me in one place, taking me, taking care of me, taking me to another place, to to the place yeah. so it, it, that's why it starts with just going for it with God yeah. and God will take you there and repair every step of the way in your heart yeah. and that's what that we're at today
1: yeah.
0: you know so I kind of kind of boys with the uh, she was sharing that's what God did and I share this with my guys in group this like. Started to deal with a lot of my emotional wounds. I uh, decided to deal with a lot of my core belief systems, uh, damages, uh, dysfunctional families, um, all of that. God took me to this, this, uh, this journey, this ride. That was so amazing. And I'm here today to be able to talk about this today. So, uh, But, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. So. That's oh, cool. Can I answer this for you a little bit? Yeah.
1: There's this phrase that goes, um, when you know whose you are, you'll know who you are. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so, uh, that's where it all starts at, starts It starts with your relationship with God, figuring that out. You know who you, who's you are, then you'll know who you are, and that'll make it crystal clear on what you need to do in terms of dreaming big for God.
0: Actually, so sure the last scripture that died, so in Romans 12.2 it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but being transformed. So the question is, who is gonna transform you? Is it gonna be the world? Is it gonna be your job? Is it gonna be your career, education? Doesn't matter what it is. Or is it gonna be God? Be transformed. Uh, And there's nothing more beautiful than that.
1: So right now what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna break up into our small groups, um, our D groups, and uh, we're gonna answer these how many questions are there? You can, uh, you, can, you can go ahead and ask. Alright, so uh, write these down if you're facilitating the discussion for your group. Um, the di- discussion questions are, what are your dreams? And then, with God, how can you dream bigger? And then the last question is, will you commit and let Jesus show you the way?